had the occasion to um, watch a brief video uh, from a pastor uh, in California called Francis Chan back in the fall. And uh, as I watched the video, I became convinced that God wanted us to start out the new year here at day three, focusing upon that thought of fear God. I don't know if you've ever had an event in your life that terrified you or that really caused you to have fear. You know, it, it might have been some circumstance where you're walking in a place and all of a sudden you realize you're in danger. You may have been at the uh, ocean and all of a sudden a wave grabbed you and pulled you under. And, and, and you were just terrified. That, that can happen to us in a lot of circumstances. Health situations, job situations, just relational things sometimes can cause us to be terrified. Sometimes we will fear other people. The imagery that we saw in the video of the young lady being there and all of a sudden this water comes up and all of a sudden covers her. And, and you can kindly see the terror that she has in, in that moment. Maybe it gives a, a little bit of a picture that we need to focus on. But with this fear in things, why is it that many times we can have such a casual approach to God? As though we don't need to respect Him or honor Him or fear Him at all. Why is it that when you read the Bible, and you heard Wendy allude to it just a moment ago, why is it when you read the Bible and you see in the Bible people having face-to-face encounters with God or even with angels... <laughs> Why is it that they were on their face and they seem to react differently than, than people do in our culture today, even in church? Well, you know, why is it that it's, that it's so easy for us to dismiss or cast aside things that we clearly know are God's will, that God clearly communicates in the Bible to us, and He's calling us to obedience, why is it it's so easy for us to cast those things aside? Why is it that, that you know, our children and in our youth and, and, you know, God forbid, even us as adults are impacted sometimes more by our culture than, than we are by God's Word? Well, why is it so easy for us just to dismiss what God says and, and what His communicated will is as though it's optional, as though we don't need to listen to Him at all or pay attention to what He says. And you see, my fear is this, and I think this is why my heart's really there after I watch the video, and my heart's there for, for this month, and I've got a really big burden about this thought of, of fear in God my fear is that even those of us who know Him fail to honor Him and respect Him and fear Him as we should. Do you, do you realize, and you see our problem is probably this, we, we love to focus on the mercy of God and the love of God and the grace of God, don't we? And I love that. Thank God for that. 
But you understand without understanding that God is a holy God, a God that we actually need to fear, without us having that concept in our minds, then the love and the mercy and the grace of God lose their luster a whole lot, lose their majesty, even lose their significance a whole lot. If we fail to understand that God's a holy God and that we ought to fear God, because if we fail to understand that, then what does it really matter if he loves us? Oh, sure, he ought to love us. He's just a loving God. What does it matter that he has mercy for us if he just winks at sin as though sin isn't sin and just, you know, good old boy attitude of everybody come? Doesn't matter, you know, whether, you know, what you're doing in your life, that's fine. Just keep doing the way you, what, what would God's mercy mean to us unless we understand he's holy? His grace, his amazing grace that we love to focus so on is not that amazing unless we understand God is a perfect, holy God. And the only chance we have of being in his presence is because he loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross. Maybe there's a disconnect that's taking place somewhere because it seems in our culture people fail to fear God. They might be afraid of everything else under the sun, but they fail to have a fear of God because their choices and the way they live their lives many times just lived out as though God's not watching or God doesn't see or you know God doesn't hear. God doesn't even know our attitudes, which he does. He, he knows our attitudes and our thoughts even before we think them. But, but I'm afraid sometimes we, we, we act like maybe he's not there. Maybe there's this disconnect that takes place to where we need to focus more about the fear of God. Well, that's my heart for this series. Uh, had the weather not messed with us today, we would be talking about fear of God. Why? But the weather messed with us. So I'm going to give you a very abbreviated version of why we ought to fear God. Look at what Jesus said in, in, in Matthew. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, I'm afraid sometimes maybe we only want to talk about the love and the grace and the mercy of God because we're afraid we'll drive people away if we talk about the judgment of God or the holiness of God. Maybe sometimes we almost get to where we're apologetic as Christians and as a church to say things that God said. So, so here, while this might sound harsh, Jesus is telling us we don't need to fear a lot of things that we fear, maybe a lot of people that we fear. What we need to really understand is this. We need to fear God. See, some people even think, oh, that's a reference to Satan. No, that's a reference to God. God is the only one that can destroy the body and condemn our soul to hell. And while that might sound extreme and harsh, I'm not going to be apologetic for saying that. And here's why. Jesus said it. We need to understand that God is a holy God. We need to have this in the right order. To where we can fully appreciate the the love of God and the mercy of God and, and the grace of God. So what we're going to talk about today is this, fear God and be wise. Fear God and be wise. 
In Proverbs, we're told this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And then later on in Proverbs, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's also said in the Psalms, too, by the way. What we're going to do this morning is, is focus upon how fear in God can impact the wisdom that we need to have, the knowledge that we need to have about God, and even how to live our lives. We're going to try and look at some insights into how and why we ought to fear God. So insight number one is kind of basic. What, what does fearing God mean? What is the fear of the Lord? Because you see, both the verses that we read a moment ago start out with that phrase. Look at it again. The fear of the Lord. And then in chapter 9, the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? See, the first nine chapters of Proverbs, Cali is contrasting wisdom and folly or wisdom and foolishness. Matter of fact, it's presented in the way of having a woman that represents wisdom and a woman that represents folly, and they're both calling out the people that are passing by on the street trying to gain their attention and trying to get them to come in and follow them. And it's kind of interesting to me that this section of Scripture that contrasts wisdom and folly or foolishness is pretty much bracketed by these two verses. It's bracketed by Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, and it's kind of bracketed on the other end by Proverbs 9 and verse 10. And in both those places, it mentions the fear of the Lord. Well, what does is, what is it mean? What does it mean by that phrase, the fear of God? The Bible has a lot to say about the fear of God. I mean, just read it, it's all through the Bible. Proverbs, and let me, you know, free you up a little bit because it might scare you when we bring this on the screen. We're not looking at all those verses. You can do it later if you want to. It's in your notes. But in Proverbs alone, there's about 18 references to the fear of the Lord. Just in Proverbs. So what in the world is, is meant by fear in God? What is that phrase Mean If the Bible talks about it a lot, then, then we ought to be interested in, in fully comprehending the fear of the Lord and understanding how that fits in, in what we believe and, and, and how that fits in us being willing to come to God and ask for mercy and ask for grace and, and trust in His love. We ought to understand more about the fear of God. Like I said earlier, you'll hear me say this at least one more time after this today, for us to fully comprehend the love and the mercy and the grace of God, we have to understand that God is a holy God and worthy of our respect, worthy of our honor, and worthy of us fearing Him. If we, if we don't do that, we're missing something. Well, let's look at uh, some word studies real quick. The, the word for fear that's used here in Proverbs uh, means fear, as to fear morally or to give reverence. It, it's also translated as, as dreadful or exceedingly Fearful. It's built from a root word in the Hebrew that means fearing, to fear, to cause, to be frightened, to revere. So here's the thing that I'm afraid that's happened. 
We've become so apologetic to talk about judgment or the fear of God and concepts like that, even though they're fully addressed in the Bible, that we just minimize down this idea of the fear of God just to being in awe of Him. And while this does speak of being in reverence to Him and honoring Him, being in awe of Him, it also clearly tells us to be scared, to be frightened. And it, and it says that we ought to fear the Lord, and the word that's translated Lord here in the, in the Hebrew means a self-existent, eternal Jehovah God, and it's built from a root word in the Hebrew that means to exist. So maybe think about it like that. This God just exists. He never had a beginning. He will never have an end. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around. It's something we have to accept by faith. He's eternal God from eternal past throughout eternity. He just exists. He was never conceived. He was never born. He's the one that created us. He just exists. And that concept alone kind of tells me we ought to pay some attention to what He says and who He is and honor Him and maybe be, be fearful of Him. I mean, if you're running down a dark alley in this you know, shadowy figure that you know, maybe come out of the shadows, you know, looking like... Uh, uh, look, looking like our friend up here. <laughs> Carrying guns and everything else. I don't know why he's got a gun collection. He's got enough guns in his arms, you know, why you have to worry. <laughs> but if you're in a dark alley, I mean, Al used it as an illustration a while back in the message, being in a dark alley in New York, you know, and having to walk. Kind of a little bit of a harrowing experience. And and we get scared about things like that. Think about this. I'm talking about the all-powerful God that just exists. And the Bible tells us that we ought to to fear Him. Now, to help make some connection on that, I'm going to run through some verses really quick because I want you to get a picture before we move any further of the Bible saying a lot about fearing God. Look at these verses real quickly. We'll just kind of cruise through them. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning in a thick cloud over the mountain in a very loud trumpet blast. Uh, this is, of course, all of God's people there gathered, waiting around for God to give them the uh, uh, Ten Commandments and things in Mount Sinai. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, Because the Lord descended on it with fire, the smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Did did you see how the people were trembling there? Here's what the word trembled means. It means to shudder with terror, to fear, to hasten with anxiety, to, to, to be or make afraid, to be careful, to discomfort, to quake, to tremble. It means all those things. I mean, I'm I'm just telling you, it looks like real fear to me. Look at these other verses. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. I mean, they're so fearful, they're afraid. If they have a face-to-face encounter with him, they will die. 
Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God, notice this, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. You see, there's, there's a good reason for us to fear God. It kind of ought to grab our attention to where we are interested in what He wants and in His will. Hebrews were told more about this. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. I'm going to stop there just for a moment because I told you we're having a men's conference this Saturday. Men, you need to understand something. You, including myself, none of us are so macho <laughs> that we should not tremble before God. And men need to set the example in that. That's why we do things like men's conferences and our men get together and meet here on Tuesday night where they can share with each other and grow together and things like that. We ought to tremble before God. So I think men have the worst problem with that because we've got this mentality that we have to be macho. I've got news for you. God is more macho than you are. Amen? You figure that out? Look at the next verse. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel gathered around me because of this unfaithfulness of the exiles. And I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. Not only should we tremble just at the thought of the presence of God, we ought to tremble at His word. Look at the next verse. In Acts it says, I am the God of your fathers and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is God speaking to Moses. Once again, the Bible tells us, Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to even look. Next verse. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Talking about powerful people on the earth, rulers. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Next verse. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is talking about Zechariah when he's going to get the news that uh, uh, he's going to be a father. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. We looked at this over Christmas. And when Zechariah saw him, this isn't God, this is an angel. This is a representative sent from God to give a message. He was startled and was gripped with fear. Look at the next verse. Then all the people of the region... But the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. You remember the story there? Jesus cast out the demons into the pigs. The pigs ran down the hill and they were drowned. And it scared the people to death because of what Jesus did. And they asked him to leave. So he got in a boat and he left. We're even told this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Thank God for God's grace. Amen. Thank God for the gospel. But we don't need to assume that because we know we've trusted in Christ or feel like we've trusted in Christ, that that gives us a license to live however we want to live. We need to even tremble and be concerned and, and look and check up on ourselves about our salvation. That's just some verses I wanted just to cover real quick. I wanted you to get a picture 
of what I think Francis Chan is talking about in the video. Francis Chan said this, it looked like real fear to him in the Bible when people would have a face-to-face encounter with God and they would fall on their face and tremble. I agree with that. It looks like people had authentic, real fear fear, not disrespect, not just standing in awe of the majesty of God. People had fear of God. And it's painted all through the Bible. So maybe what does the fear of God look like? Maybe it looks like these things. He's the creator, and we're the creatures that he created. See, we need to keep that concept. He made us. We didn't make him. He's the judge that everyone will be accountable to one day. We're the sinners. He's the father, and through a relationship with Christ, we become his children. So we ought to honor him. The Bible tells us to honor our earthly parents, to honor our father and our mother. God is our father that so loved us, he sent his son to die on the cross. You think your parents loved you because they bought you gifts, clothes, fed you, took care of you, everything like that? God loved you so much, he sent his son to a cross for you. Maybe it looks like this. He's the master and we're his servants. He's the master and we're his servants. Because the Bible tells us that. Maybe that's what the fear of God looks like. See, that's our, our first thing we need to understand. What is the fear of God? And I'm telling you, it looks like to me it was real, authentic fear. Second insight today is this. Another question. How has fearing God been official? See, because all this talk about fear in God, I meant to say this earlier in the introduction of the message, it may almost seem like it's very negative to you. I hope by the end of even the message today or the end of this series, you'll understand it's very positive. So how is fear in God? How is it beneficial for you and I to have a fear of God? Look what else is said in these verses we're looking at. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I mean, that sounds like it's something beneficial to me. That, that we want to have knowledge. And the kind of knowledge that's talked about here is the kind of knowledge on how to successfully live your life the way God wants you to live your life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think we would be interested in being able to make wise choices in our lives and good decisions in our life. And the Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of these things. Those are beneficial things for us that, that, that we ought to recognize the, the fear of God. How is it beneficial? It's beneficial to start with because it's a beginning point. It's a beginning point. The fear of the Lord, it says, is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's like a starting place. If I want to understand what real knowledge is and real wisdom and understand God better, it starts out with me fearing Him. That's the place where I have to begin. I, I miss something. I short-circuit something in my faith if I leap over the fact that He's holy, if I leap over the fact that God is so powerful we ought to fear Him, if I leap over that just over here to love, grace, and mercy, then these things don't mean as much because I've not understood that God's a holy God and, and that we ought to fear Him. It's a starting point. 
Do you realize sometimes you can short-circuit yourself or miss something or even cheat if you, if you jump-start in something? If you're running a race, and supposed to be running a race. It might make it easier on you, but it's cheating to do so if you don't start at the starting point. Instead, you hide out in the bushes and wait you know, until it's about the proper time and you run out ahead of the rest of the people. That's cheating. Yeah, that short circuit is something that, that you were supposed to be involved with. When, when it comes to education, education, and we've got a lot of teachers here and things, but education is really built like building blocks. In other words, you can't just jump into calculus without understanding a little bit about algebra, and you can't just jump into algebra without understanding a little bit about basic math. Those things build upon each other. You can't just go out and, and, and write this you know, literary novel of all kinds of genius unless you've studied grammar a little bit. You, you can't just you know, bounce up here and play an instrument like some of our musicians can play an instrument until you take the steps to kind of learn things about how to play an instrument because it's not going to sound like it's supposed to sound. If you just decide one day, hey, I'm going to play the guitar, I'm going to play the piano, and we let you up here and you start playing, it's not going to sound like it should. Amen? Because you jump-started way over here somewhere when there were steps you needed to go through. I'm afraid what we do many times, we are jump-starting over the holiness of God. We're jump-starting over the fact that God is so great and tremendous that we ought to actually fear Him, yes, and all of Him, and reference Him, but we ought to actually fear Him because He's so great. And we have a disconnect taking place because we're leaping over here and missing something. We're just like we jump-started a race halfway through the race. It, it's, it's like we're trying to learn something that we've not even taken time to study or prepare ourselves for. You see, real, real knowledge, the knowledge of God, the beginning point is the fear of the Lord. I mentioned education a minute ago. Isn't it strange that many people in education will leave God out? I'm not hitting at our people because I know our people in our heart that's in education. But I'm talking about sometimes people higher up you know, in education, people that are plotting out the books and everything else. You know, if, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom, and yet somehow our culture wants to leave him out. It, that just sounds ironic and strange to me. When it's the beginning of, the equation is this, if you want real knowledge and wisdom, you have to start with the fear of God. Let's do some more word studies real quick here for a second. In the beginning... Uh, the phrase is translated in chapter 1 and verse 7 means the first in place, time, order, or rank. It can also be translated chief. So you could say the fear of the Lord is the chief thing, you know, that we need to be concerned about to start with when it comes to knowledge and wisdom. It means the principal thing. It means first is even in the first fruits talked about in the Bible. The, the root word that it's built on means to shake the head. And that's used in the Bible as a reference to someone that has rank or authority. And it's telling us here that, that the fear of God is first in rank. The fear of God is the beginning point if you want knowledge and wisdom. And it's interesting that in chapter 9 verse 10... The exact same thing that's translated in our English Bible is the beginning of, is a different Hebrew word. And here it means an opening 
A commencement is built on a root word that means to bore a hole, to break, to begin, as if by an, by an opening wedge, or to play a flute. You look at those words for me. I want, I want to get some word pictures for you in your mind concerning the fear of God and why we need to have the fear of God first and the respect of God first before the love, mercy, and grace of God have the significance that they ought to have for our lives. See, the fear of God is like, like a commencement service beginning. It's at the front end. And that's where we need to have the fear of God if we want real wisdom and knowledge of God. If we want to have a full appreciation for, for the gospel and for the grace of God, we need to start with the fear of God. I know I'm harping on this a lot, and, and, but, but honest, I, I'm afraid that's a disconnect that some people are missing because people live their lives as though they don't have to give an account to God. As though they don't have to give an answer to God at all. The root word means to bore a hole. In other words, it's like you're taking a bit in a drill and you're wanting to start a hole. The beginning of boring that hole starts by that bit going in to the wood or whatever it is you're drilling. Think of the fear of God like that. The fear of God is like the bit that starts the hole. And we'll plow through mountains to make tunnels instead of having to go around or over. Because you want to get through to the other side. So they'll start boring a hole on one end with the object of getting through to the other side. See, the fear of God is like that beginning of boring the hole to get us through on the other side of where we can fully appreciate the mercy of God and the love of God and the grace of God. It means to break like you're breaking something open. The fear of God helps to break open for us God's wisdom in the appreciation for all that God has done for us. It means to begin as if by an opening wedge. A lot of you, you know, years past maybe have taken a wedge before and you're splitting wood and you take that wedge to drive the force through the wood so it splits it open. The fear of God is like the wedge that helps split open for us the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God. Man, even to play a flute... In order to play a flute, you have to blow in the end of it. So the fear of God is kind of like that for us spiritually. The fear of God is like the wind that's blown into the flute so you can have the notes out here of the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God that we ought to have. But it needs to start with the fear of God. Because if it doesn't, we will not have a full appreciation for all that God has done for us if we don't begin with the fear of God. The fear of God is a starting point, and especially it's a starting point in this way. The fear of God is a beginning point or a starting point of skillfully living a godly life. Do a word study sometime and, and look at the first section of Proverbs. This is why Proverbs was written. It was written to help us skillfully live godly lives. It was written to help us think like God about choices and situations and attitudes that we ought to have in life. A lot of people look at, at Proverbs 1-7 as being the key to Proverbs, even the key maybe to understanding a lot of the Bible because you have to start out with the fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The word knowledge means cunning knowledge, to know from observation, to know from recognition, to know even from punishment. You know, when you're a kid, if you did this and your parents said not to do this and you got 
spanking because of it. That was to help learn, help teach you not to do it again. To have wits about you. The root word is used to describe this in the Hebrew. To have skill in hunting, skill in sailing, skill in playing a musical instrument. And basically it's referring to the ability for us to devise wise plans and skillfully live our life. Skillfully make the right choices and the right decisions in life. The fear of God helps motivate us to do that. The fear of God helps, it's a beginning point for us to live a a skillfully godly life the way God wants us to live because we understand we need to we need to fear this great God. We're, we're accountable to this to this great God. Look at those words again right there and get maybe some some pictures in in your mind. Skill in hunting. The the fear of God, knowing the fear of God is like someone going out getting information, trying to learn the animal that they're trying to hunt, trying to discover the patterns and everything of that animal. The fear of God helps us to understand more about God. It helps us to respond to Him in the right way. We're hunting Him, and we have to start with the fear of Him. The, the word was also used for skill in sailing, someone that knew how to skillfully sell a boat. And we can learn how to skillfully sell our lives through a lot of storms and situations that we face in life, but it's going to begin with the fear of God. Or we're not going to respond in the right way. Skill in playing a musical instrument. I already used that for an illustration. The beginning point, all I'm wanting you to get is this. The beginning point in you and I skillfully living godly lives starts with fearing God. It starts with us having that appreciation, that fear for God. In the, uh, in the Latin, the word knowledge is uh, from the equivalent that we get our English word science from. And it's used in this section that we're talking about when you look at the, at the Latin translation of the Bible, which is one of the earlier translations of the Bible. So you might say this, the, the fear of God is the science that we need to live skillful, godly lives, to live the way that God wants us to live for Him. There's actually benefit from it in this. Look at the promise that goes along with it. Look at the next verses. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Then notice this. For through me, your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Think about the the practicality of that. If we fear God enough to actually think we need to listen to Him and honor Him and obey Him, then along with that comes good choices in our lives that can lengthen our lives, that can extend our days. Fearing God has a promise with it. Third thing I want us to see today is this, the third insight into the fear of God and being wise is this. We're going to close by talking about two results that are based in how you respond to fearing God. Two results, two things that happen based upon whether or not you fear God and respond to God in that way. 
Here's the first result. A fool that despises wisdom and discipline. See, the Bible said this in Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. That's the first result that can happen. If you are a person that wants to ignore God, pretend there will never be a judgment day, pretend it's okay for you to live your life however you want to live your life, the Bible says that kind of a person is a fool. Now, I know we probably tell our children everything like that, you should never call anybody a fool. And that's true. We shouldn't be going around doing that. But this is God saying it. So I'm assuming since God said it, it's okay for it to be said. Look, look at what some of the words mean here in that, in that phrase. A fool means to be perverse or to be silly. I mean, it's just someone living a foolish life, a perverse life, or just a silly life. Uh, you know, they, it, it's costing them. Their choices are costing them, but they don't respond. They don't wake up. The word despise, it says fools despise, and that means to disrespect or to utterly despise. So a fool is someone that completely disrespects or completely despises God's wisdom. And it's the same word that we saw earlier in Proverbs 9.10. It means wisdom in a good sense, skillful wisdom, to be wise in mind or, or words. It's, it's a kind of wisdom that, that helps us to skillfully live the kind of life that God wants for us. And God is saying a fool is a person that just dismisses that. A fool is a person that acts like they don't need to listen to God whatsoever. Discipline means this. Chastisement, reproof, warning, or instruction. Sometimes it's even translated as a word doctrine. The root word means to chastise with blows or words. A fool doesn't learn. A fool rejects that. A fool hates anyone telling them how to live their lives. A fool doesn't want to recognize that there is an almighty God and he just exists and he created us and we're accountable to him. If someone lives their life abandoned from the fear of God, if they live their life despising or rebelling against the thought that God is so great, we need to fear Him, we need to stand in awe of Him, we need to honor Him, we need to worship Him, we need to tremble even before Him. If someone lives their life absent of all that, then the Bible says that type of person is a fool. The Bible also says this about fools. The fool says in his heart there's no God. They are corrupt and their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Bible says the fool says in his heart there's no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There's no one who does good. That's what a fool is. So why is the fear of God so significant and so important? Because if we fail to fear God, we're going to live foolish lives. What's the other result? of how you and I respond to the fear of God. Well, the other result is this. You can be a person who values knowing God. You can be the kind of person who values knowing God because the Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
Instead of living your life like you're not accountable to God, instead of just rebelling against God's will and God's word, instead of acting like there's no need to stand in awe of God or tremble before God or fear God, if on the other hand you are someone that recognizes His majesty and you are fearful before Him, that helps you to know God better. That helps you to learn more about God. It's like the opening to learn more about God and what God has done for you and and what God, how much God loved you by sending His Son to go to the cross. But you don't understand that love clearly unless you understand that God is a God to be feared, that God is is a holy God. You see, understand knowing God is the goal. Have you figured that out? God wants you to know Him so much you put His Son on a cross. God wants us to be in a relationship with Him. God wants us to walk with Him. God longs for us to know more about Him. That's the goal, and that begins with having a fear of God. Like I said earlier, this is probably the last time I'll say it. You and I cannot fully appreciate the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God if we do not first perceive the holiness of God and the fact that God ought to be feared. Look what I said in that verse. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. God's different than we are. He's holy. He's perfect. We need to have the knowledge of Him. Though the word knowledge means cunning knowledge. We saw it earlier. To know from observation, to know from recognition, to even know from punishment. It comes back to those words that we talked about a moment ago. The root word is built from having skill in hunting, skill in sailing, skill in playing a musical instrument. Years ago, I decided I wanted to deer hunt. I don't know why I didn't just, you know, why that happened necessarily. I'd always, when I was growing up, uh, you know, had some uh, uh, uncles around me and things like that that would go hunting. Uh, You know, some of you women are saying you shouldn't be mean to animals and everything. I remember my uncle giving me an old 16-gauge single-barrel shotgun and pointing me up behind his house, and I went up there and took my first squirrel with it. I still own that shotgun, uh, by the way, and it was one he got from the turn of the century. I'm afraid to shoot it today. afraid it would blow up in my face if I were to shoot it. But I just kind of moved on from there to, you know, wanting to, to deer hunt. It took several years before I ever took my first deer because I had to take time to learn a little bit about deer about their habits, about how to pattern them and understand more about them. Listen, that's how it is with God. I need to study Him and want to know more about Him, and I'm more motivated to do so if I understand how great He is and how holy He is, and that I ought to fear Him. That ought to motivate me to where I, I, I better figure out more about this God. I better understand what He wants in my life, because one day I'm accountable to Him when I stand before Him in a day of judgment. Skill in sailing. If you want a boat to go in a certain direction, you have to raise the sail and you have to let it get filled with the wind that's going to push it in that direction. What you and I need to do is raise the sail of the fear of God in our lives and allow that wind to push us in the direction that God wants us to go.
to take us in his direction. Skill in playing a musical instrument. You have to learn how to do it. It takes time to learn how to do it. You know what? Skill in hunting, skill in selling a boat, skill in learning how to play an instrument. All those things won't matter a lot in eternity. What matters the most is the skill of you and I knowing God. And it begins with us having a proper understanding of the fear of God. I said this earlier, His amazing grace is not quite as amazing if we don't understand the fear of God. You see, it's not even grace if God's just going to wink at our sin and say, oh, come on into my heaven. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's mercy, the fact that He doesn't judge us instantly and give us what we really deserve. God's mercy doesn't mean a whole lot if He just winks at sin. If we fail to understand, He's a holy God. God's love. I mean, if you want to see the love of God and see it fully perceived and fully put on display, God loved us while we were sinners. Christ died for us. He put His Son on a cross as an open display of His love. And for Him to put His Son through that ought to give us a concept of how holy God is and how we ought to have a fearful relationship toward God went on and said the understanding of God and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Understanding means to separate mentally, to be able to distinguish. You see, if I don't have the proper view of the fear of God, it's going to keep me from being able to separate out choices in my life, to distinguish the choices that I ought to make. It's going to short-circuit my response to God. That's why we ought to really fear Him. And and I think the comment's on the screen next, but why should we fear Him? If we fail to fear God, our knowledge of God will be short-circuited. And here's why. See, if we don't think we have to listen to Him, we won't listen to Him. If we don't feel like we're under an obligation to honor and obey Him, we probably won't do it. If we don't have... A righteous fear of God, the clear understanding that He's perfect and we're accountable to Him is going to short-circuit us knowing everything about God as we should because we're kind of not going to care because we're not accountable to Him. Does that make sense? I mean, that's really at the root of people wanting to believe in evolution. If we can do away with God, we can do away with the accountability to God. We can do away with what God says. It doesn't matter. We just live our lives however we want to live our lives. See, the the truth of the matter is this. If we have a a minimal view of God, it will lead to a minimal response to God. If if I don't have the view of how great God is, how holy God is, how powerful God is, if I don't fear God, then I'm not going to respond to Him as I should. We're starting a series about fearing God. Some of you might not want to come back the rest of the month. I don't know. (laughs) I think there are positive things here. We're talking about fearing God today and being wise. You want more wisdom in your life, you need to begin with fearing God. We need to recognize some things. God is holy and we're not. God's our creator and we're not. He created us. 
God's our judge and we're not. He, he's the one that's going to judge us one day. We won't, you know, he, he's the one that judges us. Here's the amazing thing. God also wants to be your father. That holy God that we ought to fear wants you and I to be in a father-child relationship with him. He loved us so much, he sent his son and put his son on a cross so you and I can have a relationship with him. Now, I'm going to free you up a little bit because some of you might be pretty tight right now worrying about this fear of God and wisdom and everything like that. Do you realize that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God? Do you understand that how you can come into a relationship with this God that is terrifying is because of Jesus? Look, look at these verses. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Look at the next one. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. It is because of Him, because of the Lord, it's because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Man, you want a picture of the grace of God? There it is. We can become righteous and holy and be redeemed from our sin because Jesus is God's wisdom. In God's wisdom, He sent His Son to die on a cross for us to fulfill everything that we fall short on. We can never save ourselves. We can never be holy ourselves. Through Jesus shedding His blood on the cross for our sin, we can come into a relationship with this holy God. See, that's, that's grace. That's the amazing story of the gospel. But you see, we only have the desire to pursue that if we understand we have to fear God because God is all-powerful and one day we all give an account to Him. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray right now that as we wait before you in this moment, God, I, I pray that you'll discomfort us. Lord, that you'll, that you'll cause us to evaluate whether or not we have a, a healthy fear of you. God, I thank you for your majesty. I thank you for your, your greatness and for your grace and your mercy and how we ought to stand in, in all of you. But God, I also see that people tremble before you with fear. God, help us to tremble right now before you. God, even as believers, help us right now to understand that this is not frivolous, that this is not just a, a, a pattern we go through to end the service. 
But right now, we're bowing before holy God. And Father, if there are things that, as believers, that we need to change in our lives, if there are bitter choices that we need to be making, if there are sins that we need to turn loose of, God, help us to see you in your holiness and help us to, to fear you right now and to be willing to listen to you. Father, if there's someone here that does not know you as Savior, they've never said yes to you. Maybe they've stood a distance because they are afraid of you. Father, right now, there's someone here that does not know Christ. Help them to see that, yes, they ought to fear you, but that through Christ, they can know you and be in a relationship with you. And you'll be their father and they'll be your child. this in the name of Christ. Amen. I told you earlier to hold on to your connection card today. Normally I, I don't pull it out at the end of the service like this, but I want you to look in the back of it with me. Just maybe there's some things here you need to check. One is that you realize that the next step in your life needs to be trusting Christ as Savior, but maybe you need to talk to somebody first to understand more about that. If that's you, check that. Maybe just a moment ago, you prayed to receive Christ as your Savior. If you did that, check that and let us know. And even step forward in just a moment as the, as the band plays. Third one, I will honestly evaluate how I apply the fear of God to my daily life and in daily choices. I mean, do you think about that? Do you understand there's a God in heaven that sees all and knows all? And do you apply that to the way you live, the attitudes you have, the choices you make in life? Number four, I commit this year to spending time each day with God, reading my Bible and praying. He wants you to do that. He wants you to hear from Him and get guidance from Him. He's holy and He's perfect. We need to fear Him and spend time with Him and apply what He says to our lives. Number five, I'll commit to take time later today to sit alone in a quiet place and worship God and tell Him how great He is. I hope everyone here will check that off. And I hope sometime today, before this day is over with, you will find a quiet space by your by yourself. And you'll just get alone with God and spend some time with Him and worship Him and tell Him how great He is. And the last one in... Instead of being like a fool, I want to be a person who values knowing God. And that begins, as we saw today, with a fear of God. So as God leads you, check any of those off that are there. And I ask you to stand as a band plays. And you need to come forward and pray if you need to come forward and, and talk to someone further about salvation or maybe some prayer over some issue that you're facing in your life. We invite you, please, to come.